<laughs> yeah. Hey, Howard. Hey, Megan. What's up, man? Lots of stuff. Yeah, really? Yeah, we talked about a lot of it off mic. Yeah, we did. Maybe we should have uh, <laughs> saved that energy for the for the actual mic. I don't know. I think that was a good off mic conversation. Yeah, that's true. It was family related. Right. Speaking of, who's texting you? Uh, that your is brother about, texting you or something? That is, no, that's about another podcast, Preem Stream, that I have on my Patreon page. Don't. Listen, man, let's just stay Let's stay in this lane for right now. All right, well, okay. ask. I don't know. He, he texts <laughs> Well, him. I asked because you keep your... Why are you keeping your notification beeps and boops on while we're trying to record our own premium content here? That's a great, great question, and I want to answer it. Okay. Right, right after we welcome people to this episode of... Grift, Grift Horse. Awaiting that answer. Okay, so what was the question? The question is, why do you have your notification sounds on while we're recording this episode of Grift Horse? Well, because, and this this leads us into our first story. This happened to me last week as well. Hmm. Like, no matter what I do with my phone, it just still rings. You mean even when the the sound is supposed to be off, it still yeah, like makes the noise? I turned the volume all the way down last week. Yeah. And turned the ringer off. But we were over there doing our long con. Oh, you mean at Central Casting in Burbank, California? Yeah, like my yeah. phone, I don't know if you noticed. I did notice that your phone made a noise while we were in orientation, which was very embarrassing. Right, because they had told us to turn everything Multiple off. Multiple times. And I fully complied. So when it started to ring... I had that panic of like, mm-hmm. why is it ringing? They think I'm the dick that doesn't listen. Yeah. All that stuff. Meanwhile, I mean, we were listening. We were hanging on every word. We were because we were uh, dissecting and <laughs> desecrating what they told us. Critically analyzing the ins, the outs of central casting. Of central casting and background uh, acting. Uh, I was... Well, let's tell them what happened. We drove out to Burbank, down, beautiful downtown Burbank, California, mm-hmm. to this place. We were there, not at comedian time. We had to go early in the a.m. Oh yeah, I had to set two alarms. Do you did do two alarm for that? Yeah, that was a two alarm morning. Wow. So. 9, 10 a.m. we had to be there. Well, because it's also, I mean, you can't just roll up looking like shit. You know what I mean? I can't just go. Um, right. right now, I'm wearing a Showtime t-shirt right. and friggin' track pants. Dope. You look like you're off. You're like your WNBA team is <laughs> off tonight. <laughs> you can't go to Central Casting wearing that, though, because they're taking your damn picture. Right. And well, you know who's going to see your picture? All of those talent people. All those talent people. In fact, they, have, <laughs> they told us, they let us know that behind the wall... There were 30 talent agents that were handling all the background needs of Hollywood at that mm-hmm. point. That could be actively looking at us on a closed-circuit television. Yeah, they say, so So we're sitting at these desks. There's 67 of us in this room. Yeah. I don't know how they come up with that number, but they let 67 <laughs> people in. Right. That works for them. 
And this is one of those places where you walk in and they've got 400 of their own custom rules mm-hmm. and they're enforcing them and they're telling you how to do stuff. It's like the DMV if they were just like really hands-on about where to sit, which way to face, what to do. I know, but also it was like, I guess it'd be like the DMV if um, it didn't offer a practical service. Okay, there you, you go. You know, like the DMV, you're going, you're getting something out of it right. after you leave the DMV. Right. When you're going into central casting, I don't think you're going to get, you know, uh, SNL. Right. Out of it. It can't. But we did see Kristen Wiig's picture up there. That was formally registered with Central Casting. That's yeah, true. There, there's a lot of people like people that have registered there before they got famous. So you see like Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And then even Lauren Lapkus was on there. So she must it might not have been that long ago that she registered. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we go in. And the idea is to get registered for this casting place so that then they can put you in these different TV shows. Right. In, ba- in a background capacity. So uh, we had to fill out forms. We had to do things a certain way. There's like a guy who get, takes you through the whole thing mm-hmm. and he makes his jokes and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember the jokes. They were quite poor, yeah. What was it? What was one of the jokes? There was one. Well, he said... Uh, his favorite joke. Remember, he goes, that's my favorite joke. His favorite joke was when he was... Uh, isn't that when he was talking about Batman versus Superman? Oh, he goes, oh, that classic. Uh-huh, that classic. Yeah, Everyone yeah. did laugh. We did laugh. I, I mean, did laugh, too. Right. But I think it's like a, t- a, context- a contextual laugh. Like, <laughs> nobody wants to be there so bad that even a little float out of humor is like throwing people a bone. Right. And also, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm sure you've been on a lot of auditions and shit in general. You know how people always do the, the kiss ass to the casting agent? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With the yeah. over laughing at everything they say yes. and everything like that. Yes. I think people might have already been in the mindset that maybe this... Right. tubby schlub holding like a Dixie cup full of cold coffee right. could do something for my career. I exactly. better be nice to him at this point. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that even crossed my mind because, you know, whenever you go into something, you're like, you're like, well, why doesn't this guy go do it? But like, he knows everybody here. Right. Like, why doesn't he go do background? Uh, maybe he's got, maybe he has issues with standing for extended periods of time. Right. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can only stand for 45 maybe minutes. Maybe he's narcoleptic and you know, one of the rules is you can't fall asleep on set. Yeah. That's a crazy Big one. rule right there. Yeah. That's, that one bothered me. I don't remember that one from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's rare that you would fall asleep on set just because unless it was after lunch or something like that. Right. I mean, they don't keep you on set that long. They keep you in the holding area. I mean, well, the call times are very early, though. That's true. Let's say, you know, if you're tying one on the night before or something. Oh, very true. I could see a... You got to drive... You got to be in Santa Clarita at 6 a.m. You're at the bar till 2. You're at the bar till 2. You got to go straight from the bar. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do that when I taught comedy defensive driving in Austin. You would go from the bar to comedy defensive driving class? Like the class was Saturday morning. Yeah. And we'd be out doing stand-up Friday night, drinking, doing stand-up. So at the end of the night, I would just drive to the school with no permission whatsoever. I got I, I got in trouble for it. But I would key in and just go to sleep so that, like, at <laughs> 8.55, I could just wake up and walk downstairs and start letting people in. <laughs> well, where would you, would you sleep under a table? Like you're a disgraced Scientologist or something? <laughs> it was up in the office. It was just like, you know, I'd pull together the most comfortable... You know, I mean, sleep on some papers or something. Jesus Christ, Howard. Yeah, that was, uh, those were the early days. I mean, it was either, you know, just 
do open mics and wait tables, or you could like get out of that whole rat race and go do comedy defensive driving. Right. So I, I'm always always looking for these outs. <laughs> How much did you get paid to teach comedy defensive driving? That was actually good. Like, you you could get ten bucks or something up per. Like, if you did, if you did an eight hour class on a Saturday, yeah, you could make like three hundred bucks. Wow! Which to entry level comedians was like, I was like, I'm halfway into show business. Like, I'm making more money doing this than I'm doing getting for stand up gigs. That is a shocking amount of money. Yeah, it was good. So like when that came in to to uh austin and texas like that was a wind in my sails and then we got like austin stories like shortly after that Uh uh-huh i used to tell people in the class too i would go like hey man i got this show and you know you were continuing to teach the class while you were filming a show no we hadn't started filming the show yet oh you just had the deal we had a deal but we didn't it was just like a holding deal we had no it mm-hmm. would be three and a half years until we actually got Austin stories on the air. <laughs> it was like the first year MTV gave us a thousand dollars each, mm-hmm. and then that deal expired after a year. Then a year and a half later, they found the tape that we made and picked us back up. Okay. So it was in between there, and I'm doing comedy defense for driving. And then Chip, who was on Austin stories, he go, "Why are you telling all these people about the show if it it, it might not happen?" Right. And I go, that's exactly why I'm telling them. Tell them now while it's in play, because if it doesn't happen, then you got no juice at all. You, you're, wait, you're trying to get these people psyched for something that's happening three years down the road? No, I was trying to like hook up with chicks. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. Wait, did you ever hook up with anybody you taught comedy defensive driving to? Yeah, because they had comment cards at the end. And sometimes you read a comment card and the girl would like say something on there. You know? But like, I, I, he's so funny, and I like his eyes or whatever. Yeah, the one I remember, she goes, "He's got lips and hips." <laughs> Wait, so then you would just call her? That was the tricky part, right? How do you get their contact information? It was hard. So, like, what would happen sometimes is during the week you teach three hours Monday, and then the next guy teach three hours Tuesday. Yeah. So if Chip was the next guy Tuesday. You know, I would like bully him, literally like bully him <laughs> into like, you know. Giving you his shift or? No, or of like saying to the girl, hey, you know. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Right. That's a whole other story, which I'd love to tell. But let's, I guess we should pay off this uh, <laughs> casting thing. Right, 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 right. Back to, uh, I mean, I got to say, you know, speaking of, in terms of uh, quick cash. It seems pretty tight. Yes. And also, I mean, I don't know how many people who are listening to this are in the Screen Actors Guild. Right. But that, Maybe like two. That was so key to this whole tale. Right. Because if you're in Screen Actors Guild, then you get a lot more money. You get a bump. For doing this. And I think also it's easier to get cast because you're not just one of thousands of no names off the street. Like the fact yeah. that you're in SAG, they understand you're like vetted. Yeah. Like, you you know what you're doing on set, and they need a certain amount of SAG actors for every production. Yeah, because I think general background acting is like 118 a day, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's like yep, 10 times money, more than you'd good. get doing Postmates. Yeah. And then, but Union's like 178 One, or 176. And there's bump ups for overtime, and sometimes you go home early. So mm-hmm. there's good perks to it. Um, but the funny thing was that 
like we go into that room and there's 67 of us yeah and then at one point the instructor goes how many people here have a sag card so we <laughs> raised our hand and i didn't look around but you looked around there was really only like four or five people yes out of 67 that yeah. had it yeah so i love those odds even though we were kind of like volunteering for a low rung of show business we were immediately the elite level right of that rung we're the highest of the lowest yeah that to me that really put wind in my sails. I, yeah, morning. you know, because I generally feel like a fucking failure all the time. But you tell you what, you go in that, you go in that room eight thirty in the morning, raise yeah. your hand, yeah. and look around, and there's only two or three other motherfuckers doing it. You feel like you've done something in this disgusting yeah. business. Yeah, like I'm accomplished. You yeah. Know? And then I was telling you, like, because that's going to happen in every holding pen that you go in. Like you're all going to show up in the morning, and then some uh, PA or p- production, you know, or whatever. So. Director guy is gonna go. How many of you are SAG? Then so, you got you got lift that card again. And then on every set, all of a sudden you're top dog. Mm-hmm. And then these guys that are vying that really are dying to get into SAG. How'd you do it, man? <laughs> and then you get to sit there and hold court. Right. So. And they all sit at your feet. They sit at your feet. They sit at your feet, eating crafty, eating the dregs of crafty. That's right. Hey, and how about this? I told you way back in the day on the set of Weird Science, the television show with <laughs> Vanessa Angel, I met a friend, my friend Evan McGar, and we had a superhero band called the Invincible Unthinkables. Okay. So Perfect. So, so funny to me, because this is all literally like almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I did that stuff, and I met that guy, and so then you and me went to Central Casting, and so who do I get a text from this week? That guy, the one friend I made. Really? Want to know what he's up to? What's he up to? In On Ventura in Studio City. Yeah. He just opened a Halloween store. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So I want to invite you, my uh, illustrious Griptors co-host. Would you like to... Maybe we'll do a field trip to the Halloween store. I bet there'll be some deep discounts coming our way. Okay. What, you like a friends friends only kind of 10% off all uh, Mike Myers masks yes. thing popping off? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, he's a Marvel aficionado. He's a great guy. Eben McGar. Mr. <laughs> Unthinkable. <laughs> we were the Invincible Unthinkables. Love to hear that. Uh, so... We're in there. We're in this holding tank. It only lasts for an hour and a half. We were yeah, kind of in and out. Yeah. We filled out our paperwork, and we were able to go get our pictures taken. You get yeah. They take your picture, and then you leave the. We left the office immediately. And went to grocery outlet. Went I'm to talking gross out. in route. I already get a text from him asking me if I can work. You're right. Before we even make it to gross out. She's already got a text. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Megan was smart. She went in there with a cool look. <laughs> oh, she's a girl. Oh, they need her. Like, I already had that, like... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Female privilege. Well, just... You became, you became radicalized? That's the moment you became radicalized? Became thinking about how much privilege I have? But it wasn't, it wasn't the male-female privilege. It was more like, oh, her acting career is going better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but that, no, you shortly thereafter, you got... What, what, what kind of offers were you getting? Uh, yeah. All right, so I give you my offers. I wrote them down here. Uh, my, I think also maybe we should do this today hmm. if we want to like put together our top three wish lists. Like, wh- like what are the top three shows? Oh, the top three shows that we would die to be paid to be in the audience at, or yeah, I mean, it might not be easy because most of these shows I haven't really heard of, but 
I mean, I could tell you, I would pay someone to go to a mass singer taping. Oh wow! I'll tell you that huge. right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that must be. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're paying anybody to be on that. I mean, that's a hot show. Yeah, absolutely. They're just busting them in from uh, outside Grauman's. Where's my uh, list here? I mean, I know I got a dude. I could have been on fucking Last Man Standing fucking yesterday, man. Oh, uh, you got an offer yesterday. I just mean like they're saying, you know, they were they're just rolling in. Right. All right. So here's the deal. I'm I'm, uh, I'm being offered for Friday. I'm being well. This one's Trixie. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what Trixie is. Wait. Oh, those are all separate texts. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, uh, this one is schooled. Sounds like a Disney Channel thing. I think that's the Goldberg spinoff. Oh, uh, okay. I think that's the one, Schooled. So, like, we were both surprised there was a Goldberg spinoff. I'm sp- I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not really surprised it's still on I the saw, air. I saw, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Jeff Garland? I saw him at Meltdown Before It Closed. Yeah. And he was talking about Goldbergs, and he's like, I, I know what it is. You know, it's right. good. <laughs> it's, it's good. Like, he was, like, fully admitting in front of that hipster audience, like, Listen, ah, no ah you know, ah, yeah. it's a three camera, but, you know, it's a paycheck. It's a paycheck. <laughs> uh, Bob Hart Ar- Arbushola. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I got that offer, too. That was uh, Wednesday. Was that Burbank. for someone to sit on the sit on a bus or something? Bus passenger? Yeah, it was, uh, the role is bus patron. The ro- <laughs> and th- this is a great one. You cannot, capital, you cannot have worked on this show in the last 30 days. Like the people who are trying to, like, oh. But- yeah, they're who's hogging like, the Arbushola <laughs> background roles. <laughs> but also, I mean, I guess anyone who watched that show would probably be housebound and, you know, on a significant amount of painkillers. But, like, who's thinking, I just I saw that fucking guy on the bus last week. Right. Wouldn't actually, wouldn't you want a through line? If, I mean, if they're yeah, living in the, the same town, the bus, yeah. this is a fucking, this, yeah, yeah, I am the bus patron. Yeah, what's the matter? You, you want to make this realistic and true to life? Do you make an art or you make an Arbushola? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's promising. And like, uh, you know, to me, it's even funny just to know that these things are in production. Yeah. Because mostly I'll just turn on TV and go like, what the hell is this? It's kind of good to get an advance notice and like to kind of see what's going on in town. Like Bob Hart, Abijola uh, is still popping off, you mean? It's just nice to know. Yeah, just like, oh, they're making Trixie. Oh, what's that? Then I go on IMDb. I go, oh, this thing's coming out. Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, uh, I guess it's like looking at a Deadline Hollywood or something. You're getting the advance. You're getting, yeah, you're getting a little sneak peek of the content coming up for middle America yeah. <laughs> in the, over the rest of the year. Now, uh, I'm with you. I want to do Mass Singer. And, of course, the aforementioned Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson show. I know you're really big. I would do Titans, Kelly Head. Titans AE. Oh, that's the Rock's, you know, pituitary show. Dr. Phil. That's always good. You know, a lot right. of troubled troubled youths. That'd be, that'd be good. I have seen, there's kind of like a trope on Dr. Phil recently where it's like troubled middle-aged people. Like uh, a 46-year-old guy that lives with his mom, well, smokes pot kind of thing. Right, but it's like, then you turn to you, the, the guy who got paid to be in the audience next to you and it's a 46-year-old guy who smokes pot, lives <laughs> with his mom. <laughs> It'd probably be a 46-year-old guy who smokes pot alone in his studio apartment in Studio City. Right. Thinking, you know, considering his mom probably lives in Cleveland, Ohio or something. Right. 
But all in all, it was pretty painless, and we instantly started getting offers. Instantly so, started. I mean, I'm turning down. I'm turning down Last Man Standing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to go to Hollister. You know what I mean? Wish yeah. I could. Wish well, I didn't have to do it, but. I mean, we could ship things around. If it ever happens on taping day, we could move it. Sure. Uh, but we could probably record this while on set. Oh, great point. I mean, they say don't bring a cell phone. They didn't say don't bring a damn Zoom recorder or whatever the hell this is. Yeah, like if you're just sitting there, I mean, like people play cards, people do crossword <laughs> puzzles. People roll dice. People knit. <laughs> people roll dice. People could podcast. I mean, it's a pretty unobtrusive setup. Yeah. Uh, they're probably, are you guys talking about the production? No, no, no. We can't Absolutely have that. Absolutely not, no. Um, yeah, you don't have a lot of leeway as background. Like, if you just start trying to push it like you're Christian Bale or something. Right. You'll be out of there quick. <laughs> Why don't they? I mean, I've done ones where they won't even let you read a book. Really? Like sitting in the audience. Oh, yeah. sitting in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah In yeah, case yeah. you're on camera or something. Yeah. Well, I think this is mostly like, we're not going to get audience out of this. Like, we mostly don't get that. Well, that's true. I guess we would be sitting on a bus. Instead yeah. of sitting in the audience of Family Food. It must suck to like sit on the bus all day and then for the people that have to ride a bus home. <laughs> like, do they, I like to go on like... Well, maybe the, it's like pre-gaming. They're pre-gaming for the bus ride? Mm-hmm. They're pre-gaming to go home. But do they have regrets like, wow, I'm looking around the bus now and realize like I should have been slumped in my chair. Like a lot right. of these people are slumped. Right. You know, it's like uh, method acting. <laughs> Should we thank these people who are brand new to the program? We should, yeah. New Keep, Patreon numbers? Yeah, new yeah. Patreon. We're so excited about the growth of the show and the growth of our fan base here at Grift Horse. Let's give it up and welcome to the crew, Robert Hayden. Hey, Robert Hayden. Hey, Don. <laughs> and and uh, while we're at it, why not uh, just give a big hello to Sam P. Sam P. What's the P stand for? I guess it stands for... Uh, Punny, 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 punny. Punny, 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 punny. You know, you actually wrote this on a Costco. I uh, wrote it on my Costco membership renewal form. Then who, I got it. Who, who started Costco? Huh. Sam Walton, didn't he? No, that's Walmart, dude. We'll be chopping that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to keep it in. Uh, well, who started Costco? Is that That's not the same. I thought that was like. <laughs> I mean, Walmart... Sam's Club is not Costco? Sam's Club is Walmart's version of Costco. Okay, so shittier version of Costco. Because Walmart... I mean, every, Walmart's just shitty, dude. Okay. They're bad. But it's just cheap stuff? Well, it's bad stuff, and they treat their employees like shit. Oh. There's like a class action lawsuit because they wouldn't let women become managers. Yikes. You remember hey, all this? Why don't you guys move out to Burbank and join us over at Central Casting? <laughs> I mean, you make more money. Even if you're non-union, you make more damn money standing in the background of Last Man Standing than you would, you know, doing a full shift at Walmart. It's true. And there's, you know, upward mobility to it. Like, when I did Seinfeld, I almost got a speaking part. And that would have been huge. You've told me about the almost getting... How did you not... When you say almost but didn't, what happened? Okay, so they didn't have the guy they needed. They started looking around the background actors. They pulled me out yeah. to see, could you do this? They sent me to go get like a fitting. And it was an outdoor shot because it's the Wigmaster episode and it's out in like a parking lot where okay. like I think uh, somebody was paying to use to have sex in the car. Or they thought Kramer was a pimp. Okay. 
So anyway, <laughs> um, they started Classic. to get that ball rolling like we might need this guy. And then all of a sudden it started drizzling. Mm-hmm. And so they shut down production. So then, okay, now we got the whole night and day to find a new guy. I see. So they went through to get like, you know what? So you were fucked by nature, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Damn. then also... I don't know. Did I tell the story on the different grip tours? I don't think so, no. Well, Seinfeld was sitting there at one point, and it started to rain. And the director goes, uh, hey, Jerry, is is rain funny? <laughs> and uh, Seinfeld looks around, and he goes, I don't see anyone laughing. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. <laughs> That's cringe. <laughs> That's cringe. Wait, do you remember what your line would have been? Uh, no, but I, like they didn't give me a script. It was it was more like okay, get his name, like get him into fitting. You mm-hmm. know, it was like they were starting to rev up. Like we might need this guy in this emergency, and then the rain delay gave him time to get the real guy. But it was exciting. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see that being exciting in the moment. Sure. So that's the upside of it. That's not going to happen if you're working at Walmart. So unless they need a wa- reality show about Walmart, right? Like. It used to be if you want to be in show business, you go into show business. Now you start a cupcake store and you leapfrog everybody who came out here to find acting work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works, gang. Well, uh, that was an exciting gazette. That's what's going on with us. That's what's going on with us. I mean, I can give you a little more. I w- would this. Uh, what's uh, could this be? Should this be another segment? Since the segments are completely arbitrary. Yeah, let's do that. But you know what? Why don't we call this next one gazette? Because we never called that one gazette. Okay. What did we call the first one? We just started talking. Oh. So let's do this as Grift, Grift Gazette. gazette. Here, here, this just in. So I just went to Hollister, right? And I visited my grandparents. You know how it is. They're fucking old. It's fucking sad. But I got to say, something I found something even sadder than the March of Time is having to tell my grandmother, who knows that I flip, and she encourages it. She was telling me, you know, like, did you find anything at the Salvation Army to flip? She says flip. I got her saying flip. Oh, that's nice. But she's like, I got this leather jacket you could flip check it out i go in the closet why did your grandmother have a leather jacket well it's funny you ask howard it's because uh grace gould's daughter gave it to her grace gould does that answer your question is that like you got your own gray gardens up there (laughs) grace gould is a unspeakably old woman she was unspeakably (laughs) Unspeakably old old. when i was a child and nevertheless she persisted she's still alive living on hummingbird lane Oh, Hummingbird Lane? Hummingbird Lane, cool. yeah. She named she named her street herself, actually. I remember that being a big thing in the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Wait, but she didn't name it in the 90s, did she? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a brand new street? Yeah. They let the old lady name it? I think uh, I've, I've seemed to recall it being <laughs> like <laughs> everyone on the street, you know, kind of pitched in and maybe there's like a voting element or oh, okay. something. All right. The you know, details are fuzzy. This was well, a while ago. Like a and also show. it doesn't... <laughs> That would be tight. Yeah, 100%. Grace Gould's daughter gave my grandmother this leather jacket. It doesn't fit. The le- the arms are too long, right? She's like, can you flip it? I go to look at it. I got, I'm sorry, Sue. This is unflippable, man. Not a designer label. Okay. Um, 
nothing. I mean, honestly, aesthetically displeasing. Maybe if, you know how this, like, 90s throwback shit is kind of coming back. Maybe, kind of, sort of, in that, you know, like, the joke is we look like shit kind of way. Right. But not, and then It's hard over online. Too heavy. Too heavy. You know what I mean? You taught me that early. Weight is key. Weight is key. So, I mean, have you ever had to look your grandmother in the eye and say, I'm sorry, this is unflippable? Never. That was rough. Rough stuff. How did she take it? She seemed a little disappointed or I mean a little uh, I guess because she's an older generation. She couldn't suspend her disbelief that a leather jacket right. would who be worthless. Who wouldn't want a leather jacket? Right. In her to... world, leather jackets. Right. In her world, items still have worth. Items. Yes. Nowadays, you know, everything's in the cloud, Howard. It's all in the cloud. <laughs> and just. Uh, dis- you know, there's other factors. It's a great leather jacket, Grandma, but it's going to cost me $800 to ship it. Exactly. And my profit margin is, you know, negative 15%. But That's, she does know about this, all the flipping and everything? She does know about the flipping. She's She asks about the flipping. She's asked, you know, well, because actually this is when I was in town. So I, wa- I went to the uh, Salvation Army in Gilroy. I stumbled upon quite a scene. All right. The place was about to remodel. So it was just bedlam in there. Everything was a dollar. Whoa. Everything. Well, flat price? That's that's interesting. Everything was a dollar. And I'm looking around. It's already... It's, it's a shambolic mess. The, there's a guy wandering around. The, the a worker picks up a megaphone. He's got a megaphone. He starts saying shit like, Okay, so now um, all shoes are free. The shoes are free. What? People run, people run to the shoes. I'm talking sprinting over what, to the shoes. What? He looks at them and goes, look at these junk shoes. Let's All the shoes. I don't know. Because they because they had to get everything out of the building while, while they remodeled it. Wow. So it's, I got right at that sweet point where it was like shit was a dollar and then shit was starting to be free. Did you grab stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, he's also, you know, and now uh, children's clothing is uh, free. So I got a kid's karate uniform. Whoa. It fits. It's pretty tight. It fits you? Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, like, how are you going to flip that? She's like, I'm not. I'm going to flip my opponent. But they were, I got, they they had like six of them, brand new kids karate uniforms, but like a fucking, you know, dope. I came on a plane. So I could, you know, I get out of there. I meet Sue at the Coles. She was shopping at the Coles while I went to the Salvation Army around oh, the so corner. you just can't bring that much stuff back because then you got to And she's like, did you get anything to flip? I'm like, honey, I wish I could. There's no room. Right. She's like, bring another bag. I'm like, but then I'd have to check the bag, you know, right. and then I'm st- I'm losing money. I can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, that's the that's why there's exporter importers. Yep. That's why there's uh, tariffs. Do you know that was Howie <laughs> Mandel's business before he went into comedy? And when did Howie go into comedy? Like in the boom, like early boom, like 70s. I was trying to word that so it was like a diss, like he's never been a comedian. Oh, okay, yeah. But well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know anyway. Uh, he was like an importer-exporter, and he was on a trip to, I don't know, just like they were at a comedy club, and somebody was like, you should go up. <laughs> and I was like, have you ever heard those early boom stories? Where uh-uh. It's like, if you had even like eight raggedy minutes, it was just so in demand. That because you could we like, had nothing. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you just get coked up and go up there and it was just like a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you, I remember I auditioned for America's Got Talent once uh-huh. in, the, uh, mall? in the Sheridan Universal building. Okay. 
in Universal City. Yep. And I remember I went up there and like I started doing my material. And halfway through, actually, I stop and I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I just came here to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. I know I'm never going to be on television with this material. Honestly, I don't even want to do it. Wow. Uh, like, um, you know, I'm sorry for wasting your time, basically. They look at you like with their mouths agape. Like, what are you doing? Kind of, yeah, kind of like that. And then I start walking out and they call me back in. They call me back in. And they're like, so, yeah, we just had a question. Uh, how do you feel about Howie Mandel? Or no, what? they said, what do you, sorry, they say, what do you think about Howie Mandel? What? Wait, this, I mean. They said, what do you think about Howie bizarre Mandel? Bizarre moment. And I say, I don't. Uh, I don't think about Howie Mandel. Uh-huh. And then I leave. That's what happened. You weren't wondering why they were asking? I mean, he's the host, right? Oh, he hosted that show. Yeah. Maybe I think they were thinking, like, maybe that could work, the girl who doesn't want to do it. Right. But, like, you know, you'd be the anti-vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think America's Got Talent is really interested in creating meta content. They probably weren't. No, they, probably, nah, they, they probably want some yodeling kids or whatever. I auditioned for Last Comic Standing, one Love of the it. seasons up there at Universal City Walk at the John Lovitz Comedy Club. Uh, and Podcast Studio. Don't, yeah. for, don't forget. This was pre-podcast. Okay, just when it was a club. Um, so I went in there and the guy, you had to, you, it was like two guys would get matched up. You wouldn't do your sets at the same time, but for some reason they were putting people in pairs. Okay, then you two go do it. Then you two. Uh-huh. And I was in there with Lachlan uh Patterson, Peterson. Okay. Name sounds vaguely familiar. I think I know who you're talking he's, about. He's the guy who went to win, on to win the season. Oh, okay. So that was my, that That's was my closest That's brush to with greatness? It. Yeah, it was my brush with greatness. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything you do up there is probably going to go awry. Like Universal City Walk, Sherrod, right. like that whole area. Well, it's just, I mean, you go up, you're there and you're thinking like the futility of it. Yeah. You know, like I don't. This right. is not my, this isn't my shit, man. That's what I felt like, too. It's like, this isn't me to, like, walk around in here and, like, compete against a guy doing, like, you know, Beetlejuice impressions <laughs> or whatever the hell they're doing. Did they validate parking, at least? Uh, probably. So probably. you got to walk around City Walk, so that's pretty cool. Got to walk around City Go to walk. the Magnet Store. I haven't touched that one. Popcornopolis is a stop. There's a Popcornopolis, absolutely, yeah. But they do have an AMC theater up there, so I've seen mm-hmm. many free movies up there. Uh, and they have a hard rock, I mean a... Uh, Margaritaville. Margaritaville. They do have Margaritaville. I've eaten there. I've eaten there, too. Found it underwhelming. Well, of course, yeah. But you loved all the Jimmy Buffett videos they played. Sure. I mean, I guess you're paying for ambiance, really. And it's fun to go and look at the faces of, like, the staff... Because they go like, oh, I know this Jimmy Buffett song when it comes on. And then just to like look at them and think like, how many times have, have they, they heard that? Yeah, yeah, they feel nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they're just dead. They're Although that, I mean, I forgot that we're actually, we're recording Grift Horse. I do have a money saving tip for, now that we're talking about that. For Margaritaville? For Margaritaville, yeah. This is huge. Well, I mean, just for anything like that. Okay, well, so if you go to a place like I'm Margaritaville. I'm a Buffett fan, so. I mean, there's... You, I don't feel like you're that closet. Your whole you're thing right. is I'm summer. Not, you're right. I am the mo- I'm the, for the aughts. I'm the Jimmy Buffett of the aughts. You're bu- Buffett's target demo, honestly. And also, Jimmy Buffett's like a libtard, and so he's like us but anyway. Wait, how am I his target demo? Like, white guy? Ish. Ish, right. Yeah. Gotcha. You know. I pass for it. <laughs> I mean, even in Central Casting, can you... It's like... It wasn't like, are you Caucasian? It was like, can you pass for a Caucasian? 
<laughs> it's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay. So it, when you go to Margaritaville or anything like that, you're probably going there. Ironically, you're probably going there with a group of friends, right? No mm-hmm. one goes to Margaritaville alone. True. I did go with Natasha Legero. So there we fun. go. So what you, you're the thing that you do when you're in an environment like that, you, what you do, you just get like a side of fries or something. Because everybody else is going to go big. They're going to get the fucking Kahuna burger. They're going to get the whatever. They're going to get the meal. And we're in America. And you know the meals are fucking huge. So you just get your little mouse fries. Mm. And then when everybody just eats their food, they got a lot of leftover. You, oh, are you done with that? Oh, yeah. Can I oh, have some that, of that? That salmon, you left the tail. Yeah. May I have it? There you go. Oh, that's great. Perfect. What about volcano fries? Or did they have like, they had something that was a volcano. Because he's got that song uh, about the we volcano. We got to go to the volcano. What's the song? Ah. Uh, I, w- I don't know where I'm gonna, gonna go, go when, when the, the volcano, volcano blows. Blo- blows. Okay, you yeah, did pretty good there. Right. Look this up. I went to see him at Hollywood Bowl. I, I, it was the, it was he one played of the, the bowl. And he, I mean, full as fuck. Right. One of the best vibes I've ever seen at a show. Every single person from the frat boy to the old lady was just full on trashed and just trying to have the best time. Like <laughs> how long place. ago was this? Like three years ago. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's booze flowing at that thing. I tell you what, but I like that grift a lot. And I guess that would work at, uh, a Kenny Rogers roasters or other musicians Any, restaurants or yeah. Or, you know, Alice Cooperstown, yeah. uh, where rock one? and sports collide. Oh, is that the, is there really Alice Cooperstown? Yeah, well, there used to be one in Cleveland when I lived there. Okay. Now the only one left, I think, is in San Antonio. Okay. Um, hey, um, and speaking of Cleveland, yeah, I want to congratulate the family of Christopher Wallace, the notorious B.I.G., for his nomination to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> they are listeners, right? Is that why you're doing that? Oh, yeah, they're listeners. We have, they're confirmed group tourist listeners? They're big-time listeners. Perfect. I just, uh, you know... When when B.I.G. came out, I went, wow, this is real rock and roll. So I'm glad that he's getting it. Mm-hmm. Pretty punk, honestly. They should put him in like the punk museum, too. Yeah. Is there is, a punk museum? There should be. There should be. Well, there is the here in Seattle that has a lot of rock and roll. It's like a rock Paraphernalia. and roll museum. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe up there. Alice Cooperstown in Cleveland ripped because there was always more people working there than patronizing it. So it's just it was kind of like your own private clubhouse kind okay, of thing so you had kind like of vibe. three staff members for every time you needed a uh, a new rolling rock rolling rock for but example they, they have a name for it like it's a uh, well they always no you- more mr rolling rock <laughs> <laughs> uh they used they had this promo where it was like every time you get a rolling rock which is our, it's cleveland so it's probably like two or three dollars on there like a draft you got a free cup right okay. like the, the plastic cup you got to keep the cup but they would just insist every time you order a new one, they give you a cup. So, I mean, you'd be walking out of Alice Cooperstown with like, oh, well, guess Stacks. I got six new cups. Nice. You know what I mean? And they've got Alice Cooper on them? No, they just had the Rolling Rock logo on them. Uh, kind of underwhelming. That is, yeah. But the the Alice Cooperstown logo, or the Cooperstown logo is him in Alice Cooper regalia swinging a baseball bat. wearing a top hat. Oh, okay. Because Cooperstown. So Cooperstown. Was it, it was a sports bar? Yeah. But I'd, also with like shit like you know they he had like a bow and arrow that uh, Ted Nugent gave him on the wall okay. stuff like that. Well, I mean he's from Arizona. Yeah. And uh, he's into golf. 
Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know Cleveland and baseball. I always knew them as Arizona golf. Well, I mean, it, the Alice Cooper's town in Cleveland did go under, even though it was directly across the street from the baseball stadium. Okay. And you would be in there sometime when there was a ball game actively going on, and the Alice Cooper's town would still be a ghost town. Still be empty. Very interesting. Yeah. Don't open one of those in Cleveland. They used to get when you ordered a salad, they give it to you in a mixing bowl. <laughs> Very big salads of the Alice Cooper That's Town. huge. Yeah, they had the Marvel Cafe in Universal City Walk. I went there with the aforementioned Mr. Unthinkable. Yeah. And yeah, they had big <laughs> plates. And I stole like placemats and menus. He wanted to actually get a pasta bowl because it had like Spider-Man on the, on the lip of it. Oh my God. Uh, that's a whole other story as well. <laughs> uh, so shout out to that, those guys. And uh, what do we cover there? Your grandma... Yeah. Oh, well, we, I was also going to talk. So my grandmother, we're driving back that we're driving to the airport. We're listening to Willie's Roadhouse on Sirius XM radio. Maybe I shouldn't taste you <laughs> just as often as I could have. Yeah. And uh, she was saying, you know, uh, that she gets this bill in the mail from Sirius saying that for the next year of service, it's going to cost like three hundred and eighty dollars or Wait, something billing her in advance for 380 yeah wow saying that like you know okay well, all of the fun and games are over maybe it's you know they, maybe they give it to you for free for a while when you buy a car or something right funny games are over if you want a year as a service it's going to be about 380 she calls him up she's like listen i'm 80 years old i'm on fixed income i ain't paying th- I like i enjoy willie's roadhouse but i ain't paying 380 she gets them to get it down to $41. $41. $41 a year. It's in the blood. It's just <laughs> in the blood. Wow. So, but that's, you know, pro tip. Yeah, if you get a bill you don't like, maybe call them up, say that you're on a fixed income. Right. 80 years old. They don't know you're not 80 years old. Oh, good point. And uh, you can look right up there in the left-hand corner of the Patreon page. We're on, we are on a fixed income. <laughs> Extremely fixed. Extremely fixed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. The leather jacket thing didn't go her way, but she did get to strong arm serious. There we go. I was going to tell you something. Oh, yeah. I once bought a used car. Yeah. And it had Sirius in it. And so that was like lifelong serious. So I wanted to keep that car forever, but then the car shit the bed. Shit the bed. So that was the end of the Sirius. Couldn't you have just taken the radio out of the car? People were saying that, but it was complicated. It was a. Uh, if it's not complicated, it's not worth doing. It was a what? Pontiac vibe. What no, was it? It was like it was a old Range Rover. So it's like okay. that British engineering. It was complicated. I see. Plus, once it shit the bed, then I'm just like, okay, then I, I, like knowing me, I'm just gonna have this radio like sitting on the floor of my place for like four <laughs> years with wires hanging out of the back. Like, I didn't think I could pull it off. But if I'd known you, it would have been different. I can't believe you had a Range Rover. I can't imagine Kramer driving around in a damn Range Rover. I know it was like, it was beat. It was beat up, but it was so. Like, super cool body type. It was great for a while. But then so many things started to break that it just became full-on Untenable. And yeah. then, okay, get rid of this thing. I mean, I would miss gigs because you go out to the car and it just wouldn't turn over. <laughs> like it, it was, And it was before ride-sharing. It was it was bad. Yeah. But Sirius is good. Check it out. Sirius, check it out. Raw Dog Radio or whatever. Uh, Willie's Roller House. I think now it's time. Why don't we move on to... 
Grifts, Grifts and, and giggles. giggles. <laughs> Can I ask you if some if this is racist? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You know who BTS is? Yeah. The Korean K- boy band. Korean boy band. Yeah. I wrote a BTS haiku. Okay. Haiku is Japanese. Sure. Is that racist? I don't think that you're appropriating Japanese culture because people from all different kinds of cultures write haikus. But is it like blanket racist to go like, that's an Asian band. This is an Asian poem. I'm I an idiot who doesn't know the difference between the countries. I, uh, I got to say, I only would have thought of the connection when you brought it up if you had not brought this up i would never i would never make that connection okay well then can i read this for you right here on grift and giggles uh yeah please okay here we go (laughs) (laughs) bts haiku yeah that's the title okay all right you ready for the first line yeah bts haiku (laughs) how many syllables BTS. Five. There you go. All right. We've established that. Okay. BTS haiku. BTS is seven dudes. Seven. Ready? Yeah. BTS is BTS haiku. BTS is seven, seven dudes. dudes. Jungkook cut his hair. That's five. Now, that was the big news story this week. Uh, Jungkook cut his hair yeah he had he had it short he let it grow long and now he's back to short huh yeah have you uh have you shared that with a 14 year old the haiku someone who would who would care about this information maybe i'll throw it on twitter see if i got any young followers there we go that's how you know see if you can get wardell to retweet it or something i did notice this on tiktok tiktok way more people than you think have pet raccoons Excuse me? Like, there's pet raccoon videos all over TikTok. How do you uh, domesticate a raccoon, man? I'm not sure, but a lot of times they're hanging out with a dog, or they're like, <laughs> there's three of them out in the guy's garage, like, there's one on his bed, like, there's a lot of, a lot of raccoon videos. In America? Or is this like a Russian thing? You know, it does seem like a lot of them are America. Okay. You can tell when it's Russian, because, you know... The girl, the clothes look a little strange, and the writing mm-hmm. is all upside down. And the stuff. the lighting is a little different. Lighting's a usually little different. more fluorescent. Uh, uh, if there's anyone knows who can get our hands on some raccoons and flip them, I think there's demand. Okay, out there. all right, I'm listening now. Yeah. Again, see, we forgot the concept of the show until we brought up the concept of flipping. Right, I like that. Right. Uh, do you want to move on to grift milk? Sure. We got to... We got to get this one in under the wire. Okay. Welcome to Grift Mill. (laughs) I want to talk about something I saw on TikTok. This was how to start an e-commerce website. (sighs) 
you always want to talk about something you saw on TikTok. Man. Oh, by the way, you know how we did? We tried to do the uh, candy code, like the code that gets you into a candy yes, machine. Yes, I tried it at multiple machines. Yes. Okay, so I'm not sure if they all might be fake. I'm not sure because one guy was in front of a gum machine. As just it was like a gum machine in his house. Yeah. And you know how it's a little lid. Yeah. So he goes, okay, here's what you want to do to get free gum. And he takes the lid and he oh, he goes, you want to open this and close it four times. And then, you know, the little lever that you turn. Yeah. He goes, turn this four times. And then he just picks up a baseball bat and smashes open <laughs> the, the gum machine. So it made me think, like, are all of those fake? Right, some right. some of them real, but you just don't know if they work or not? I mean, I don't, I've already, I've put in the legwork. I yeah. don't think this uh, star pound zero zero seven code is going to get me some free funyuns. I think funions. you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, if they did, they'd probably change it. <laughs> uh, but here's how you start an e-commerce website. According, according to, to TikTok. TikTok. Okay. You start a two-week free trial with Shopify. Shopify, yeah. So just go on there and sign up. Then, Megan, you picked your product niche, which can be anything. Right. For you, you know, uh, kids, bras, whatever you're doing. Okay, okay. Then you find the product in AliExpress. You mm -hmm. know that? Mm -hmm. so like the Alibaba thing? Yeah, so you're buying it cheap off of China, and they're, they're the ones who are going to supply it. Yeah. Then after that, you just make Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And so then that's your store, and you're selling that stuff, and people buy from you. Yeah. I didn't teach you anything you didn't know. Nope, but I already knew all that. I did. Just fulfill the dream of Griff Mel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, if anybody's uh, done that, let us know. You know, let's not forget the most important <laughs> aspect of your grandmother's tale this week. That bang. She loved, loved, loved herself. Some Ken Burns country music documentary. That is true. Yes, I did relay that message to mm -hmm. you. Yeah. That's right. Very interesting, she said. What it, I think... All the people in your life love that doc. Me, your grandmother. Yeah, that's pretty much everyone I talk to, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she what? She did make sure to... Well, first she, she made sure to tell me did uh, that um, Hank Williams died of alcoholism. Yep, guess what age? I knew that. Guess 29. What? Did she tell you that? Yeah. Now, did that blow your mind? Honestly, yeah. I mean, I thought he was at least 32 or something. You, you really knew he died that young? Because when people all talk about old Hank, old Hank, I always think they're talking about a 60, 70-year-old guy. Mm -mm. No. Young mm. man. Young man. Go ahead. She made sure to tell me that, and then also that uh, Hank Williams Jr., who she believes is not good at mm -hmm. music, but that was her own one reporter's opinion. She said he fell down a mountain or something, and he fucked up his face. Oh, yeah, he had to get reconstructive surgery. And he had to get reconstructive surgery. Yeah. She felt the need to tell me that. Those are the two only facts she told me about the 18-hour I got to say, for someone she who watched. saw 16 of the 18 hours, those are two odd facts to bring out. <laughs> <laughs> well, have uh, you ever been in the Country Music Hall of Fame? Yeah, Nashville. I, I find it gauche that they have um, Hank Williams' liquor cabinet on display. Hey, gang, I got to turn to camera. She just, she just called the Country Music Hall of Fame gauche. <laughs> You savage. <laughs> I mean, slightly gauche, I slightly think I said. Gauche. You know, what did, what did little, you say they have? They have Hank Williams's liquor cabinet on display. Okay, I probably saw that. It's, and they had, like, all the cars and all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's the only thing I remember saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. She wanted some booze. 
just because i mean it's i mean i remember being struck by i mean the, the man died of alcoholism right it'd be like putting the gun kurt cobain killed himself with on display at the rock and roll hall of fame or something True. which would be rock and roll that would like, be pretty tight actually i wouldn't be into it but the liquor cabinet i guess invokes some type of pleasure because it doesn't kill you until the end <laughs> Until it does, right? Yeah, like right, you right, don't right, get right, right. High for twenty years first, right? I guess you don't get, yeah, you don't get high on gun ownership. Some people seem to. It's very odd that you mention that because when I went to the Here Institute in Seattle, they had a, a uh, Nirvana exhibit. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That could that would have been where they would have had the. Gun. That's where they. What did they have instead? Uh, just sweaters and shit. And then, like, <laughs> honestly, I was more just like thinking about like, oh, this guy's got the Millennium Falcon in the basement because it's Paul Allen has like, uh, he's got it like, I think it's not put together. It's like in boxes or something. Okay. But I don't know. Hmm. Not that I'm more into Star Wars than grunge, but. It kind of seems know. like you are. I just didn't care about that exhibit because like, I don't know. To me, it was like, when you see something about Elvis, it's old. I was like, Kurt Cobain didn't die that long ago. Right. You know, so you so you called up your friend Terry who lives over by Sia and you got him to go over there and get a sweater. Like, I don't know. Right. It seemed like rickety or something. <laughs> I, I wasn't like, you know, Nirvana's good, but I wasn't like, I didn't like pound that album all the time. Okay, well. I was still into hip hop. <laughs> That's my connection. Megan, this was a fun episode. I think I think you're right. I think it was. Um, let's give them a billboard of what they can find on Kiss My Griffs. Kiss My Griffs coming up. We're going to be uh, reading a couple letters. Reading some letters. Maybe we'll give a Batman Crystals barter update. We could. Some people are, uh, someone wrote in to say they're sweating, just waiting to hear what's going on with that's that. That's great. I love that because that's a big storyline. <laughs> Uh, so we'll bring you that and some other fantastic stuff. And that's exclusively over there on Kiss My Griffs. And right now, we're going to bid you a fond adieu. A fond farewell. Any uh, any questions? Any comments? Any concerns? Give us give us a ring. Grifthorsepod at gmail.com. Send it over. And we will see you right here next week on Grift Horse. Horse.